0: This is Asian Insider and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. Now on the morning of November the 23rd, 2009 in Maguindanao province in Mindanao in the southern Philippines, a convoy was underway carrying a lot of the family of a political candidate and a lot of other people, including a lot of journalists. And they were on the way to file papers for the candidacy of Ismail, Manguradatu, vice mayor of a town called Buluan, who was challenging a mayor of another town, Datu Unsai, called Andal Ampatuan Jr. Andal Ampatuan Jr. is the son of Magindanao governor, Andal Ampatuan Sr. Now, Ismael was challenging him in upcoming elections for the post of governor of Magindanao. That morning, the convoy was ambushed and everybody in it was killed. They were executed. The victims included Manguradatu's wife, his two sisters, journalists, lawyers, aides, and even motorists who just happened to be there and mistakenly seen as part of the convoy. Now, Magindanao massacre, since known as the Ampatuan massacre, was the single deadliest event for journalists the world has ever seen. At least 34 journalists are known to have died in that massacre. Now, just a few weeks ago, on Thursday, December 19, in what has been called The trial of the century in the Philippines, a judge in Quezon City, Metro Manila, found Ampatuan Jr., along with several others, his relatives and others, guilty on multiple counts of murder. They were sentenced to life in prison. The verdict is being appealed, but it is also being seen as a ray of hope in a country that is exceptionally dangerous for journalists. At least 154 incidents of attacks and threats against Philippine media have been recorded since President Rodrigo Duterte assumed office in 2016. And the region Mindanao, of course, is especially dangerous, embroiled in conflict not for decades but for generations. But today we talk about the significance of the verdict with Maria Ressa, CEO and co-founder of the media group Rappler based in Manila. Maria, thank you very much for giving us your time. Really appreciate that. Thanks for
1: focusing on this, Nirmal.
0: Thanks, Maria. Now, how significant is this verdict? I mean, the massacre shocked obviously shocked not just the Philippines to the core, but the entire world. Is this a watershed? Does it signal at all that the powerful political and, and feudal clans in the southern Philippines can actually be brought to justice?
1: Uh, it's. I have such mixed reactions when you ask that. I guess, first of all, you know, uh, the, the one phrase, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Uh, I think, as you pointed out, it took a decade to get to... Uh, uh, decision and part of the reason it was lauded was because many people thought that the that, that these the Ampatuan family would actually get away with it as they have for decades uh, but the reason why it was lauded is precisely because at least two of them had been were found guilty and uh, and a decision was made but here's the context of that. Uh, Those same types of practices when politicians tell law enforcement to kill, these same things are still happening and and I would argue has gotten worse, has infiltrated the national levels in the Philippines, as you can see from what's been happening uh, with U.S. moves to hold uh, the philippine officials accountable for impunity in both the the incarceration of a senator who is our former justice secretary and for uh-huh. the impunity in the drug war right so anyway right. sorry a short answer for this is this should have happened a long time ago justice delayed is justice denied but we in the philippines laud it because it happened. And perhaps that's the biggest irony of it, is that we are so satisfied with so little so late.
0: Mm. Mm. Yes, it is ironic. Now, your colleague in Rappler, Glenda Gloria, uh, wrote a piece, a quite interesting piece the other day, that saying that we should not forget the conditions that produced or produced phenomena like the warlords, like the Ampatuan clan. They delivered votes, for example, for former um, President Gloria Arroyo, Gloria after all. And there is this nexus between national politics and powerful local clans. Is this going to continue? Because it's been the case for decades, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, that was a really good piece by Glenda. But it echoes something that both the predecessor of Newsbreak, which Glenda was one of the founders of, and when I was head of ABS-CBN News, I wrote in 2009 a piece about warlordism and exactly the role that the Ampatuan clan played for President Arroyo uh, during that time period. I did that for Amanpour, for for Christian Uh Amanpour's show. Again, I go back, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, unfortunately, these are the power dynamics, right? We are a democracy, uh, a faltering democracy now since our institutions have essentially crumbled in the last wow. few years, that is ruled by patronage and by local power groups that deliver the vote. Um what does this mean in the long term for us? It's hard to tell because so much is uncertain right now in the Philippines in terms of rule of law. And that's really the biggest challenge, right? Uh, the law can should not be weaponized by those in power. We've certainly seen that happen in the past. Uh, the Maguindanao massacre, the Ampatuan massacre, is an, a clear example of that. And the fact that it took the Philippine judiciary Ten years. You know, Uh I mean, how much more blatant can murder be? CPJ, within weeks, immediately said that looking at everything, the Committee to Protect Journalists said looking at everything they had on file, this is the worst single act of violence, murder, against journalists around the world. And look at that, 58 people in a convoy, very publicly, driving down the road. Um, They were taken by... Armed men, police, mili- uh, not military, but police, with politicians, with politicians, they were shot in broad daylight and then buried in broad daylight using uh-huh. a government-owned backhoe. Uh-huh. How, how does it take a decade to bring justice, right? And then the other part, of course, is what about the people who stayed in jail for a decade who were acquitted? Isn't that unjust as well today I'm it's a tough time for me to look it's almost New year so I'm going to try to find a ray of hope so yes again we lauded the decision because it happened but uh-huh. many instances were worse off than we were a decade ago this uh-huh. should have been condemned immediately which it was by many uh, by many in the Philippines and around the world, but we still haven't taken the right moves to make sure it doesn't happen again. And if anything, if you look at the context of the drug war, the Philippine police, the government, has already admitted that it has killed at least 5,500 people in less than three years of this brutal drug war. That's the number they put on record. Human rights groups put the number of people killed at much higher at least 27000 is the number and that is as of december last year so uh-huh. it's it's a tough time to 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 look for a ray of hope
0: Yes, yes, yes. I have to agree with you over there. Now, a lot has been written about the complicity of the police and the military in the Magindanao uh, massacre. I mean, the military, of course, was, had the Ampatuan clans as, as an ally in fighting local insurgent groups. And there were police involved in the massacre who have also been uh, found guilty. What is the reaction out there from these two institutions, the Armed Forces of the Philippines and, and, and the Philippine National Police?
1: I mean, it's there is the the public reaction, which again, you know, everyone said this is uh, a great decision that shows that the judiciary is working and uh-huh. that security forces are held to account. Um, conveniently leaving behind the idea that it took a decade to get to a decision. Um, uh-huh. But I think the second part of that is that this relationship between power and security forces remain in place today, right? Uh, and that is uh-huh. part of the problem. Uh, essentially, President Duterte's words um, uh, le- allowing the Philippine police to kill, telling them uh-huh. that it is okay that I have your backs. These things have helped, have pushed this high death toll that we're dealing with now. So. Uh-huh. Publicly, um, we have a veneer of law and order. And the reality on the ground is much harder. uh, And what we try to do is to shine the light as often as we can, as you are doing now. And I may sound a little too pessimistic, but part of it is I think I've lived through personal experience that shows how power is abused and how law enforcement is used to For the political purposes of those in power,
0: right. So coming to that, I mean, Maria, you 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 yourself have charges against you laid by the government. You were arrested at the airport, I saw, and and I was, by the way, at the at the museum in Washington D.C. Just today, uh, and I saw your picture over there in in a panel about, you know, threats faced by journalists and your your pictures over there and as a short write up about Rappler. So could you tell us something about the charges against you, where the case stands right now? What is your position on that? And to extend it further, what is the state of affairs for the media in the Philippines now?
1: Thanks. That's huge, huge question. So I think, you know, I'll start with 2018, which is the year that the Philippine government essentially filed a case a month against me and Rappler. In 2018, in a little over 13 months, um, I faced 11 cases and investigations. And then uh, uh, by 2019, this year, that's just about to end, thankfully, um, in 2019, I had to post bail eight times. I was arrested twice. Uh, it, in the Philippines, you can post bail before you're arrested, right? They, uh, uh-huh. um, And in many instances, in order to remain free to travel, one charge, one charge alone had uh, demanded a bail of at least ten thousand dollars right so this is insane um the charges that were filed against us fall under three buckets the first is uh, foreign ownership uh that would uh-huh. be the reason for taking away our license to operate which we're fighting and we're still operating the second uh-huh. is uh tax evasion charges and the third is cyber libel so those are the uh-huh. three buckets the where are we uh Okay, so in 2019, um, one case has been thrown out, a case of libel, and two cases, two criminal cases against not just me, but also against the board of Raptor. in 2015. Those two cases, the anti-dummy law, have been suspended. But we continue to fight. I've been going uh-huh. to court after weeks. I've spent four days in court this year, right? Uh-huh, um, and uh-huh. I'm supposed to be working as a journalist. Um, and and then, you know, what, what I guess what we've seen is, unlike the Ampatuan trials, um, this case, the cyber libel case in particular, has moved at an alarming p- uh, pace. Actually, uh-huh. alarming is probably not the right word. That's moved at the right pace. So we expect, I've been uh-huh. in trial since... June, maybe this year. And then within six months, I expect by early in the first quarter, there'll be a decision on the cyber libel case. Uh, Uh And then I think in that one, I face 12 years in prison, if the maximum Uh charge. Collectively, all these cases, uh, I face at least, well, I just got a note from, from our lawyers that they've counted everything again with all the new charges and I can go to jail for more than 80 years 80 years uh-huh. right so this segues to so we're gonna get a decision on the cyber libel case and the tax evasion cases we also expect a decision by early next year really okay. really fast and you know uh-huh. hopefully I appeal to the judges so that they stick to the spirit of the law. Uh-huh. And uh, okay. <laughs> uh, like in the case of cyber libel, that's been thrown out by the the police's own lawyers. They threw it out oh. at the beginning, and yet it was refiled. Um, right. Where does it lead us and, and how does this affect the way Philippine journalists work? I think you've seen um, in our case, you know, and I think part of the reason the international community focused is the only defense journalists have is to shine the light. And I Uh have been raising the alarm in the Philippines since 2016 that journalists are under attack. The first level of attacks are insidious, but American journalists are feeling it now as well. This is online attacks, exponential Uh attacks, right? When accounts in many different ways on different platforms hammer the idea that a journalist is a criminal, People who don't, Filipinos who don't know me other than the propaganda machine online, now think uh-huh. I'm a tax evader, right? This is uh-huh. the propaganda war. So, on the propaganda war, we're attacked online, bottom up. And that attack is insidious, it is on reputation, it tears down trust. And then, those same attacks, just a year later, were echoed by the Philippine government in the cases they filed against us. So you can see these two ways of attacking journalists are are working together. And then, of course, the last one is, and this is where you have the reporter's son's frontiers, you have all of the latest reports about the Philippines showing how journalists are under physical attack, right? Safety. If you challenge power, there are right. sequences to this. Um, uh-huh. Having said that, I don't want to end the year on a horrible note because we Uh are fighting with the hashtag we use is hold the line. We are going to demand rights that are guaranteed under the Philippine Constitution. Press freedom, Uh like the United States Constitution, is part of the Bill of Rights here. Uh, Uh It is Uh the foundation of every single freedom that is guaranteed in the Philippine Constitution, and we're going to hold the line to make sure those rights are protected.
0: Maria, well, yeah, you've been going through a lot You are going through a lot But happy new year I hope things uh, look up for you in 2020 And thank you very much Considering a, your busy life Thank you very much for spending time with us today
1: It's good to see you again, Nirmal You were here a long time ago and it, I, I was, it, in, the,
0: in, the, in the second I, half of the 90s
1: I just hope we come out I'm looking forward to 2020 2020 is going to be a good year
0: So the Ampatuan verdict has come as a ray of hope, but remember, as Maria said, the bar is relatively low in the Philippines where it is very hazardous to be a journalist to the point of even getting killed by your enemies. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirmal Ghosh.